Good afternoon. I'm quite uh, thankful and honored to stand here today and um, share my story on how I got to be part of the mission of this house. My name is Lekon and I am from Nigeria. <laughs> and I've been part of um, our church for over two years now, serving in the Welcome Home team. You see, there was a time in my life when the, um, the topic of purpose was really burning in my heart. I wanted to know why I was here. And I always wondered if I had everything that I aspired to be. I graduated from school in flying colors. I built a company, sell it for X amount of dollars. I built a wonderful family, wonderful generations. I live wealth. I did everything I wanted to do. Then, what else? What was the eternal and enduring reason why I was here on earth? And these questions plagued my heart for a long time. And um, I could remember some time ago, I was reminded of a scripture. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. And this is a very common story that we all know. It was the last temptation of Jesus according to the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah, we see the devil took Jesus to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you both kneel down and worship me. Now, I've known about this story for a long time, so I wasn't able to capture a sense of a revelation from this. But then I was reminded again of another scripture in the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 36 to 37. Yeah, Jesus is speaking and he says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And the context of this verse was that in the earlier verse in this chapter, Jesus was speaking that if you gave your life for the kingdom, you would gain it back. And towards the latter end of that chapter, he said this. He painted uh, a bargain scenario, if you will, that if you gave your life away for everything in this world, you truly lost that bargain. For what is truly worth more than your soul? From these scriptures, I saw two variables. One, everything in this world and the soul of one. And in the eyes of my mind, I saw a scale with two balances. And on one balance was everything in this world. And on the other was just one soul. And that one soul was way heavier than everything in this world. And when I got this it gave me perspective. It gave me a sense of understanding and how crucial and precious the souls of the sons and daughters of God truly are. And the job of reconciliation is a very high calling. That even in the heavens, there is a scripture that when one soul is one, there is a celebration. Yeah. In the, just one soul calls for a jubilation in the heavens. Yeah. So, 
the matter of reconciliation burned in my heart through university, even post-university. When I got to Germany, and I attended for the very first time this church in October 2021, on a cold Sunday morning, actually, <laughs> I, I saw from that very service, the matter of reconciliation burned very high in this house. I remember in that service, at the end, there was a time whereby there was an opportunity, a prayer, if you will, for the sons and daughters to reconcile back to their father. And from that 2021 that I've been in this house, even to this moment, there has always been that opportunity. So far from the start of January, I just learned that 59 people have been reconciled back to their father. As you can see, there was an intercept in what I believed and what this house was burning with. And I remember from that service in October 2021, someone in the team reached out to me and they went beyond and even prayed for me, gave me their number, invited me over for community groups. I went to their home, there was a dinner that was made and this sense of community really was exemplified in this house. And ends eventually aided me and further convinced me that truly we are going in the same direction, the church and my mission. So it was easy for me to commit to this. And one thing I've learned in my little walk with God is that it is difficult to bring a society into Christ and reconcile them back to Christ if the society is plagued with the vicissitudes of life. If there is hunger, if there is pain, if there is loneliness, it's usually difficult for them to connect to the word of God. Usually you need to first deal with that situation before their souls can be open to the seed of the word of God. That's why initiatives like uh, Charity Water that seeks to bring water to parts of the world that there lacks it thereof. A21 that seeks to eradicate human trafficking. Vision Rescue that seeks to end the cycles of poverty. All of these are strategic partnerships that this house have been in conjunction and in collaboration with. And when I got to the community group that Thursday, almost two and a half years ago, we had an opportunity to even support these initiatives. And I knew that if all of these things succeed, if people are free from the plagues of the up and downs of life, the work of reconciliation will further thrive even more in the hearts of people. And um, as I leave, I leave you with the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I encourage every one of us to join in this mission as we reconcile back the sons and daughters of God back to their father. Thank you, and please join me as I welcome Daniel. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, thank you, Leakin, for this amazing story, uh, for taking us into your journey also with uh, the church and with the mission of the church. Awesome to hear. Um, yeah, I'm also really thrilled to have the chance uh, yeah, to share a story with you guys. And maybe just a little background on myself. Probably many of you don't know me really. So usually you can find me around the coffee corner. Not just because I like coffee a lot, but also because uh, I'm part of the coffee team, of the connections team. Uh, for a couple of months, and yeah, it's, it's great, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm 26 years old. I'm from Germany originally, from a small village around Wolfsburg. I don't know if you know this one. <laughs> uh, not too far from here. And uh, three years ago, I came to Berlin uh, after finishing a Bible school in South Africa. And this was also the place, by the way, where I met my beautiful wife, Lily, you know. <laughs> And um, yeah, and now for a year now, I think she's here. So it's been really awesome. The story uh, I want to share with you has the title, God's vision comes with provision. God's vision comes with provision. And you know, when my uh, beautiful wife Lily came to Germany, uh, we had quite a tough start, I would say, because you know, she had to move into my little tiny student apartment in Pankow. <laughs> Also decorated like a student, you know, a male student would do it. <laughs> so it, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, I felt good there, but I don't know about her. <laughs> you have to ask her. But, um, you know, our situation wasn't the best. And uh, luckily during this time, we had the opportunity to join a community group. And this was awesome for us to, to really sense this atmosphere of uh, people opening their personal space, opening their home to welcome us and to... Um, yeah, have community with us to um, yeah, really care for us. And this was really helpful, helped us a lot to really start as a couple together here in Germany. And it blessed us so much that during this time also the vision grew in us that we thought, dang, it would be actually awesome to do this also for others and to create this space for others. And um, yeah, but you know our situation. We couldn't, we couldn't really find another apartment. We tried so hard, um, <laughs> but Jules also talked about it. It can be quite tough um, and we didn't have success. So in the end, we kind of gave, uh, gave up to try it on our own and uh, surrendered in the end. My wife said, you know, in the end, if, um, if God's really want, God wants us to do this, then he will also provide with, uh, with an apartment for it and will, will give us a space needed for it. And, uh, you know, this step of surrender was actually the best thing we could have done because six weeks later, uh, I got a call from my boss, pretty random. Um, she didn't know that we were looking for an apartment or anything, but she just called me and told me, hey, Daniel, you know, uh, a friend of us just called and uh, he's leaving Germany for three years and he has actually two apartments in Berlin and uh, looks, for, looks for people to live there. Um, but he wants people, you know, where he knows the apartment is in good hands because he's not in Germany. So if you would like, we could refer you if you are interested for sure. And I mean, yeah, for sure we were interested. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we, we agreed to the deal, um, but we were not really 100% sure about this decision because it also hit us financially in a different way than before. I mean, I was still a student. Lily just came to Germany and, um, yeah, was looking for jobs. And... Yeah, but luckily I have a wife, uh, a woman of faith, I would say, you know, this is what I realized from the beginning, <laughs> because uh, she said, you know, if, if God opens the door now and um, has, gives us this great opportunity with the apartment, I'm 100% sure he will also back it up financially for us. 
And uh, after applying for months for a new job, um, one week later, actually, the breakthrough came, and Lily got an amazing job offer, full-time job uh, that yeah fits to her qualifications, and uh, it was great. We could actually move into the apartment. And uh, this Thursday, how you all heard, community groups uh, start again. And also our community group is starting now in the new apartment, so everything comes through. Yeah, but you know, this is uh, just one of um, yeah, many stories I feel like God wrote with us during our marriage so far. And uh, when we got married, we actually chose a Bible verse that was supposed to encourage us and was also like giving us direction. And it's actually Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And, you know, this verse, I mean, in the beginning I didn't really know, yes, for sure, uh, it, it seems clear, focusing on God's work here on earth, on his kingdom, or also this verse we had before, like building his house here. Um, but, you know, in this moment, it really just meant for us making ourselves available and um, thinking about, yes, God, we want to do it. We don't know 100% how to do it yet, but uh, you will make a way. We make ourselves available. And I think it really starts with this. And I don't know in what situation you are currently, actually. Maybe you are new to this church and... Um, you know, still try to figure out where your place is here, how you can contribute, how you can serve, or you would just want to connect with people. I think in the end, uh, what can really help is to think about what was really one thing I experienced that helped me a lot in this church. How was I blessed in this church through a certain situation or something that really helped me? And maybe God is calling you in the end to work specifically on this yourself, and you are called to work in this. And... You know, to, to close it up, um, I think, you know, if God puts something really in your heart and gives you a passion for something, um, we don't need to worry that, uh, you know, our circumstances are flat, uh, maybe not perfect in the moment or, um, you know, things stand in between us and the vision we have from God, what we can do, because uh, we can really trust in the end what we said in the beginning that... God's vision comes with provision, and he will take care of it. Thank you. And now, Nastya. <laughs> That's all. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel, for such an amazing story. And I think it's always uh, powerful to hear how God works in others' lives. And it's great honor for me to speak here today and share my story with you, um, which I called, so the topic of my story is, he is hope, he is peace and hope. Yeah. So I'm from Ukraine. A little background. I'm from Ukraine, and in 2018, I got into the church uh, through summer camps, and then in 2019, I got baptized. And in 2020, during Corona, I had to move to another city for my university. And at that time, my favorite verse from the Bible was Matthew 6:34. Therefore. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
And at that time, as a student, uh, for me it seemed like, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow's seminars and just go to sleep. Uh, which I must confess, I was successfully applying. Um, but however, at the end of the third semester, this verse seemed for me more like, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, because you have no idea what will happen tomorrow. Uh, on the 5th of January um, 2022, I was in another city for a Christmas project, and I got an email from German University that, uh, where I applied for semester abroad, that they got place for me, and I read the email like five times. <laughs> I called my family and friends crying and saying that I'm going to Germany. Um, but in four days, I came back home and I got to know that my mom had cancer. And I couldn't realize for a few months what exactly it meant. I was just witnessing how healthy, active, caring person was turning into a person who can't even raise her hand on her own. And moreover, um, on the 21st of February, 2022, my roommate in the dormitory woke me up with the words, Nastya, why do you sleep? which is great question for 7 a.m. in the morning. Um, but she was like, get up, Kiev is bombed, the war has started. So I got up, I went to the supermarket to buy food in case we had to stay in the shelter for a few days. And I came back to the dormitory having absolutely no idea what will be tomorrow. Nevertheless, after a week and a half of the war, I decided to go back home to help my family with my mom. And when I was just about to sit in the car, my brother called me saying that, Nastya, there is no need to go to the hospital because mom passed away. In one month, I came to Germany and I was broken. Uh, empty, I didn't know who I was anymore and what should I do. I was just lost. And after another half of year, I got to know that there is Hilson Berlin. So I came once and right after the service, I ran away, not wanting to talk to anybody. Uh, the same happened the next Sunday and the week after. But on 23rd of October, 2022, I decided to talk to people. <laughs> um, so after the service, uh, I went uh, for the lunch with Anna and others. And I remember the exact date because I posted in my stories that it was the best day ever in Germany so far. And after that, I started to talk to more people. Uh, I joined the community group. I started serving in the church. And I had to learn again how to laugh, how to cry, how to love other people. 
And I just started healing in the house of God because he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And after two years of living in Germany, um, here I am studying at university and serving uh, with an open heart um, because he is healer and he is provider. And that's why he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And I trust him with what comes next because there are still problems, there are still challenges, but I know that I can hold on to God and his word. And I feel that I'm not alone anymore. And it is amazing to help others to see how great God is and that you can find peace and hope in his house. Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to church. Uh, you may be seated. <laughs> My name is Jorge and I'm part of the team here at church. I am honored and thankful to be able to speak here today on the last part, last Sunday, Vision and Mission Sunday. If you don't know me, I am a husband. I am married to a beautiful wife. And I am also a father. I have two amazing kids. <laughs> I have been part of this church for almost six years now. And I hope that today I can encourage you with my story. It's about what has kept me going so far. So the title of my message today is Kingdom Culture Before My Own Culture. So let me repeat that to let that sink in. Kingdom Culture Before My Own Culture. Now, if you're taking notes, I would gladly appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to give you my three points in advance. And I hope that you can spot them during my story. So point number one is come for community. Point number two is stay for the vision. And point number three, be transformed. Now, I am Mexican. I was born and raised in Mexico. And as a teenager, I had the privilege of meeting my wife there and also meeting Jesus there. I got planted in a church and was serving on the worship team there. When we decided to get married, it was clear to me that we were gonna move to Germany, especially Berlin as she was born and raised here, and her family was here. So I had to stay for a while in Mexico while she came because I was working. And well, I had my group of friends from church, like-minded people, and I was coming to a place where I had no one. So I told her, go ahead, find that church, and meet some friends. So that when I come, we already have a group of friends there. I just didn't want to feel lonely, and that's what community meant for me. I knew it back then, and I wanted to have it here. And I remember my first time at church. It was actually, it's so funny, because it was also the 5 p.m. service. It was summer momentum, so it was a little bit warmer than today. <laughs> but um, back then, we were moving from place to place. We were at Kino at Kultur Paraguay. And if you know, maybe you don't know, we were packing everything down. So after the service, I decided to help. Packing down means the stage that you see, the speakers, the lights, we needed to take everything out, and that's how I started serving at church. <laughs> but I also remember my first partners in the mission. 
And it's something similar to what has been offered during this month. And it's, it's a full circle for me because that was also being offered here, but some floors above us. Back then, the church office was here, so we are back here again. <laughs> but during that time, something got stuck with me, and that was the mission. And it's just paraphrase, so it's not how it's written, but it's how it got stuck with me. And it's, we are here to change people's mindsets about Jesus and his church. We are here to build something that lasts, something for the generations to come. And that's so important for me. Back then I didn't have kids, but now I have them. So I want them to grow in a, in a church that lasts so that they can also take a part in it. And we are also going to have an impact in the city and society, not only in Berlin and beyond. Obviously, that sounds amazing, and I was on board from the first moment. But as time went on, I was thinking that where I come from, we were doing things differently. I come from, as I already told you, from Mexico, and we have a different history, and we approach people differently, and we build, back then, church differently. So what I had to do, it was change my mindset. Prove for myself what God is doing in Berlin is good and is his will. I had to believe that I had a part to take, a part to play in the mission and vision by contributing my time, my efforts, my offerings, my talents. This goes so well with the verse in Romans 12:2. It's going to appear in the screen in a second. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That sounds amazing, right? It talks about not conforming to this world. For me, that meant not conforming to my culture, to my Mexican culture, but adapting to the new place where I was. But the second point is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's so important because it's not something that I only did back then at that time. It's something that I need to keep constantly doing. As I really believe that one of the toughest battles that we face is the one that is going always in our minds. <laughs> there are days uh, that if I'm honest, I feel out of place. There are days that I wonder, why am I coming? But on those days, I am reminded what Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, to wear the full armor of God, especially to wear the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith to put out the fiery darts of the enemy. Yeah. And that's so good, but even then, I feel like I'm losing the battle. I push myself to come here. And when I walk through those doors, something changes. And I cannot explain it, and it's so, so funny for me, because a few minutes ago, I wasn't feeling like it. And then I come, and I'm filled with this joy. And I know that the reason is not the building, the pillars. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know the reason is because Jesus promised that where two or more gather in his name, there he will be. And because you and me are here believing in him, here is here. <laughs> that, that feeling that, just, that I feel when I go through those doors, it just reminds me or makes me wonder maybe how David felt when he was writing the psalm while saying, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Yeah. Church can be something complicated. 
it is filled with flawed people like me, coming from different backgrounds, trying to please a loving God and loving our neighbors, which is also complicated. But church is Jesus' idea, and we keep on advancing because he's in the midst of it. So whether you're new here or have been here for a while, I want to encourage you today to renew your mind, prove for yourself that what God is doing here is good, keep on building community, wear the full armor of God, and put kingdom culture before our own worldly culture. Thank you very much. Now, keep it up for Serene. Well, before I start, thank you, Jorge, for sharing your story. We really needed to hear that. <laughs> Hi, my name is Serene, and I came to this church for the first time in 2019, shortly after we celebrated the 10th year anniversary. So everybody was talking about it, how great the celebrations were and so on, and I missed it. But I'm looking forward to celebrating the next one here, amen? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, the last few weeks and even now, we, had, uh, we have been hearing about the vision and mission of our church. And it's uh, a great honor that I get to share my personal uh, story about how I became part of the mission for this church. And I'm going to call my story uh, Getting Back on Track. Uh, yeah, it will be, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, back on track. What does that mean? Uh, well, uh, to say it simply, it just means that I went off track at some point. <laughs> um, to give a, a little bit of a backstory, I grew up in the church, I grew up in the house of God. Um, and when I say I grew up in the house of God, I literally mean the house, the building. <laughs> Because uh, many years ago, when my parents decided to go into full-time ministry, they uh, turned our house into a church. So uh, we lived downstairs, the church was upstairs, and it was impossible to miss any service or, <laughs> uh, or even be late to one. <laughs> you just walk upstairs and you are there. <laughs> So I've always watched uh, how people's lives were getting cha changed and how the city was getting changed through church. And uh, deep down in my heart, I wanted to be part of something like that. So when I came to Berlin uh, in 2019, I uh, made my way to church. And of course, I was welcomed home, welcomed home to a really great community. And I was really excited about being part of this church. So got right into it, um, joined teams, joined Sports Life, Sisterhood, um, you name it. <laughs> um, so all of this that I mentioned now was just uh, one side of the coin. But uh, on the other hand, I just arrived in a new wonderful city called Berlin and I was uh, equally excited about my new job and uh, ex excited about all the new things that I'll be doing here and all the places that I would be exploring with Berlin as my base camp and um, slowly and eventually this side of the coin started overshadowing my passion for the church. So instead of helping 
other people. I was too worried about my career. I was too worried about how, uh, what I could do to stay ahead in my profession, what I could uh, do to stay ahead in my um, uh, hobbies. And it's also a really competi competent world out there. So I was uh, trying to survive and thrive and uh, really stay ahead of my peers. Um, the thing is, uh, even Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Um, now, the, I'm going to read it to you. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. So that was me, choked with cares. Was I in church during this time? Yes. Was I fully on board for the mission? Yes and no. Uh, you know, the kind of... Uh, lukewarm people that God talks about in church. So that's why um, I want to share with you today uh, three things that really helped me get out of this talking situation that I was in and uh, helped me get back on track for the mission. Number one, community. Uh, well, uh, two years ago, the end of 2021, as a family, we had to go through a hard time when my mom fell sick, so I had to go back home immediately. So I was there for two months taking care, uh, taking care of her, and um, I, I came back after that. Even though she was still uh, sick, I, I had to come back. And when I came back, uh, came back to Berlin, I was exhausted, I was sad, I was worried, and even more shocked than before. Uh, even to a point that for a few Sundays, I couldn't uh, get the strength enough to come to church. Um, it was really hard for me to be around uh, joyful, uh, upbeat songs and be cheerful. Uh, because during that time, it seemed to me that I was the only one going through hard times and everybody else was happy. But uh, I have to say that even though I couldn't get here, the church came to me. Uh, my friends in my community, uh, they came to my place, they prayed for me and even brought food. Uh, and uh, that really helped me. That really helped me to get back here, back into the atmosphere of faith and praise. And uh, during this time, I also met so many other people in church, also going through hard times and sicknesses. And I started hearing stories about how they overcame their trials by putting faith and trust in God. And uh, that really helped me. That really helped me to shift the focus from me and my problems. And it's also changed my perspective a bit. Um, so I was, I received kindness. Now I wanted to extend that kindness to others also. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The amazing thing is all of this little transformations that I just talked about, uh, it happened when I was constantly hearing God's word being spoken over my life. Um, that brings the second thing that helped me get back on track, hearing the word. Church is the best example, I would say, to hear God's word. Over the past few years that I've been here, I've had so many people speak life over me. And um, I'm talking about the people that you would see around here in church. 
and uh, they invested their time, they invested their energy and resources just to encourage me and help me. And that really helped me grow and also changed my uh, mentality. So once I was back on my feet, I could help others again. I could get involved in um, the mission again. Um, so when I say helping others and being part of the mission and all, I don't mean that uh, everything else that I wanted to do in the first place, I had to drop. I didn't have to drop all of those things. Uh, even uh, in the last week, uh, Pastor mentioned that um, being on a mission is not about going on a mission trip to a country or to a place, but rather it's about where I am, where you are, at your work, at your university, in your studies and your business. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in short, it means place Jesus at the center of everything that you do. And this is the third point that really helped me get back on track. Um, it, I'm also learning how to do that. Uh, so that means uh, not to put your career, your dreams and your aspirations and all the things that you want to do in one box and the calling that God has given you in a separate box. And um, that's why I'm learning how to put God at the center of my career now, how to put him at the center of all the things that I want to do, and essentially place him at the center of everything uh, that I want to do. So my prayer for us today is that God will help us to get back on track and um, really help us to get uh, to stay on, on track so that when we are going out into the world, the world will see God through us. Amen. Thank you. And now I welcome Debbie. Thank you, Serene. That was amazing. Such a powerful story. I'm Debbie, and I'm very honored to share my story today. And as I was preparing, I actually came across a picture that I thought um, fits quite well. Um, because it's a picture of a beautiful tree in all the different seasons uh, of, of the year. And I thought it fits quite well because I gave my story the title Planted Throughout All Seasons. I've actually been part of our church for over 15 years. Um, so that is almost half my life. Um, so I can truly say that being part of this church family has, has shaped me, has grown me, um, and has taught me more than I could ever have imagined, really. Um, and it was a right, right at times. I always compared to um, building a company, you know, when you have um, little resources, not much experience at the beginning, but you have a big vision and big dreams, and that's really how it, how it was, how we started. And those years also marked many different seasons for me. You know, I came to Berlin as a student, um, starting my first job, taking more responsibility at work over the years, um, but also starting my own like side hustle, and then you know, f like being single, loving VG life with Teeny. I don't know where she is, but um, <laughs> and then you know, being married and now being a mom of a two-year-old and. I also got to be involved in many different areas, actually, um, you know, so big shout out to the stage managers, <laughs> to um, Platform, Kids Church, Translation, Communications, Youth and Young Adults, um, helping new people and new Christians, um, leading community group, 
and also being very involved with everything that we're doing with the kindness project like Lyft and so on. And you know there have been challenges along the way, um, but I'm so grateful that through the ups and downs um, that I'm still here today um, going for it and growing. And the Bible actually says that in um, Psalm 92, it says, those who are planted in God's house will flourish. And I'm going to read it out for you. So it says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no wickedness in him. So I would like to share with you, with you three things um, that have helped me to not just get planted, but also to stay planted um, throughout all those different seasons and ultimately to flourish. So the first thing is choosing to let go. And I think letting go can look different for everyone. For me, as I became part of this church family, um, it really meant leaving the past behind. So the way I knew church from growing up, um, thinking small of myself, of others, of even of God sometimes, um, insecurities, um, having a bit of a poverty mentality, you know, thinking I don't have enough or it's not enough or God is not enough. And why did I have to let go of these things? Because they were in the way of the new that, that God wanted to do in me and through me in this environment. And it also meant letting go of control and really trusting God with the details. Um, whether that was about stepping into something new or taking a new responsibility here in church or that was maybe out of my comfort zone. Whether that was about writing my thesis and finishing it well, finding a new job, um, financial pressures, planning a wedding uh, and not having a venue until like a few weeks before. Um, so there were many, many stories where I really had to just let go and trust God and he always came through. It also meant letting go of disappointments here and there, of discouragement, of hurt, the, the things that can happen, you know. And letting go is an ongoing process, you know, something I had to do over and over again. But it really allowed me to then embrace the new which is my second point. Um, and embracing the new um, for me really meant to make uh, the vision and the culture of our church my own. Before coming to Berlin, I was um, used to the church being rather inward focused, you know, a little bit like in its own little bubble. And when I came here, I really made that big vision of changing mindsets, of um, helping people to encounter Jesus, and really of adding value to society. I made that my own. And I embraced that new culture of, you know, generosity, hospitality, um, lifting people, serving others, thinking big, you know, all of that that I encountered here, I really made that my own. And it also, you know, embracing the new for me also meant to um, to choose my non-negotiables and non-negotiables are kind of these key convictions, principles or values that we have um, that we make a priority in our lives and that we don't want to compromise on. And for me that was actually quite releasing to just have clarity on what, what are those non-negotiables. And you know it was in the context of church really being part of Sundays, of midweek community, of, of 
Easter, Christmas, Heart for the House, um, as well as tithing and giving. And having that kind of clarity also helped me to then plan my calendar around that accordingly, you know, and really grow in my capacity. Embracing the new also meant understanding my identity and my purpose, um, you know, understanding that I'm God's beloved daughter, that I can be a pillar in his house, um, that I can be a vital part of his body, which is the church. And, you know, luckily God is still building his church, no matter, you know, whether we choose to function within his body or not, but he really invites us in to play our part um, in this beautiful adventure of of building a vibrant, dynamic church in Berlin and beyond. And that is my third point, actually. It's understanding and playing my part. And that was key for me in order to stay planted and to grow. So what does playing our part look like? Um, for me, it really meant to learn to see the bigger picture, to kind of stay flexible about um, how I am serving, where I am serving, you know, asking what's the need rather than what do I want. And it meant changing teams at times, uh, as you heard it at the beginning, um, because I was able maybe to be a support somewhere else a bit more. And it wasn't always easy, but in surrendering my own agenda to the bigger picture of what we were trying to achieve, I think that's where I grew the most. And playing our part also means to take action, to keep moving and to really go for it. Um, you know, I learned to think like an owner, not just like someone who rents something, but who owns something. Um, you know, not waiting to be told um, what to do. Or, you know, I learned to say yes when, when opportunities came and then figure out the details later. And our pastor Mark actually shared it last Sunday. He said... You keep growing as you move. So there's really a lot of power in moving. And lastly, playing our part also means to connect the dots. Um, it's not just about what we do on a Sunday, but it's really about what we do outside these walls and, you know, wherever we find ourselves midweek. It's about building bridges and not separate, you know, compartmentalizing the different areas in our lives and really about applying kind of what we learn here in church to all other areas. And I think that's where this whole idea of adding value to society also becomes really, really tangible, which is something I've always been super passionate about. For example, you know, I've seen, I've seen that become very practical when I got to pray for a friend who's not in church or when colleagues of uni friends maybe ask me, you know, what's, what's different about you? Um, or when someone actually, you know, a friend actually came to church and decided to be, become part of community. Um, or when we build up the Artists Live Here platform for young people to really express creativity. Um, when we hosted a leadership event um, for like a few years ago, many, many years ago actually, for business leaders in our city that weren't even part of our church. Um, or when my colleagues got on board with uh, supporting our charity water campaign. And whenever really I apply what I learn here about leadership, about mindset, about team culture, or whatever really, wherever I apply that in my 
day-to-day -day world or in my day-to-day -day job. So letting go, embracing the new and playing my part really helped me to stay planted and allowed me to flourish. And no matter where you find yourself on that journey of maybe coming recently or maybe you've stayed for a while already, maybe you're, you know you're growing, um, but I want to encourage you with a thought that helped me over the years and that really is if we build his house, he will build our lives. And there's so much power in getting planted and also staying planted. You know, the growth, um, the flourishing, the overflowing life, that is a promise that God has given us, connected to being planted. They happen when we place ourselves in a healthy environment, just like that tree that we saw in the beginning. And the staying, the not giving up, the sticking to it, even in the tough times, being consistent, showing up every week to serve others, that is our choice, it's up to us. It's an invitation from heaven into a wild ride, a beautiful adventure with Jesus, but it's so worth it. So staying and being that pillar in God's house is not always easy, but how cool that we get to strengthen God's work here on earth, and we can absolutely trust him that he will exceed our expectations and really allow us to glow, grow and flourish in every area of our lives. Amen. <laughs>